Welcome to the pre-post film review. I'm John Asquith. And I'm Matthew Stevenson. Matt, why are we called the pre-post film review? <laughs> um, so the idea behind the podcast is that we watch the trailer for a film when it's released. We'll come into the studio and record our impressions and expectations about the film. Um, then when the film is actually released in cinemas, we'll come back into the studio again and do a review of the film and compare our thoughts on the trailer and the final film itself. So this week we're going to be talking about uh, the new DreamWorks animated film, How to Train Your Dragon 2. Um, I said too weirdly though. <laughs> That's all right. Um, so what you're going to hear is our uh, thoughts that we recorded a while ago on the trailer. Um, and then we're going to move forward into a spoiler-filled discussion of the uh, film itself. We've really got to work on your solo gliding there, bud. Toothless! You're pouting, big baby boo! Well, try this on! Oh, you feeling it yet? Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't hurt a one-legged... This is Burke. Life here is amazing. Dragons used to be a bit of a problem. But now they've all moved in. Did I tell you that you look amazing today? Because you do. And with Vikings on the backs of dragons, the world just got a whole lot bigger. Okay, we're here to talk about uh, How to Train Your Dragon 2. Teaser was released a little while ago, and we've just watched the trailer, the full-length trailer. Um, This is obviously the sequel to How to Train Your Dragon. Smash animated hit from a couple of years ago. Can't remember the exact year. Good research there. (laughs) Um, So, Matt, what are your first impressions upon seeing the trailer? Um, I'm pretty excited for this one, I think. Um, I don't want to get my hopes up too much, but I really enjoyed the first one. And this looks to be of the same ilk. It looks to be exciting. The, the first little teaser trailer, which is basically seems to be just a one scene that was snipped out of the film, mm. um, looks great. That was the yeah. kind of stuff I loved from the first one, all yep. that sort of totally vertigo-inducing, um, extreme flying that they were doing. Yeah. It just seems like more of that, only better. Yep. Um, which I think is great. I'm totally looking forward to that. Um the main trailer that starts to get into some of the plot sort of was less impressive, I thought. <coughs> um, I, I don't think it looks bad, but I don't think it looks super exciting. Um, it weirdly seems to kind of spoil a plot reveal in it, which yeah, yeah, I find I, really weird. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I thought the same thing. free to talk about it, but it was... Yeah, the, they the reveal um, hiccups mother in this which seems to be yeah and, um, and it's not just a normal reveal it seems like it's hidden throughout the film it feels like she, that's halfway through the movie exactly yeah it really yeah. does it feels like she's maybe even like sort of built up to be a villain or someone this dark mysterious figure yeah and then halfway through the film you it's revealed they finally meet her mother yeah it just it seems strange yeah that that, that was a note i had as well that in general the trailer and i guess this is something we have to deal with for this podcast but the trailer does seem to show a lot of the story. Like mm. you, you can plan out pretty much the whole trajectory of, yeah, of where which it's I going. Yeah, I really hate. Yeah, I'm disappointed that it, it shows so much. But 
uh, yeah, that does seem to be in a trend, and especially in animated films. Mm. I think for I guess they're they're still trying to sell to a younger audience, even though How to Train Your Dragon is is slightly older yeah. in, in its demographic. Yeah. But um, yeah, that that was a shame to to see that. Like I I would mm. prefer not to even know that he finds his mum and yeah, all that kind of I stuff. Agree. But um, you know, this podcast wouldn't exist if we didn't watch the trailers. <laughs> um, yes, so yeah, did you have any other thoughts? Um, uh, I'm guessing I'm just sort of worried about normal sequel issues. Mm. I'm sort of a little bit worried, based on the trailer, that Toothless is just too super cute now. Mm. Um, one thing I loved about the first film was that he was, like, fucking scary to start with. He was yeah. dangerous, and he was, like, this wild beast that need to be, needed to be tamed. Mm. And it was obviously about their relationship and how they, the trust that they built up between one another and jumping in to a sequel that's obviously already done so they're already best mates I just hope that there's a little bit more to it than him sort of hopping around like a cute puppy dog and licking Hiccup the whole time yeah um, what about you John is there anything that you uh, yeah my thoughts are pretty much the same mm. I think uh, I'm really looking forward to it uh, I loved the first film the first mm-hmm. film was such a surprise for me because I was not expecting it to be very good the trailer I remember mm. wasn't great. Um, DreamWorks, you know, they're they're so sort of up and down yeah, in terms of the quality yeah. of their films. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then I started hearing good buzz and decided to go see it and was completely blown away by how good it was. Yeah. Um, and on a side note, too, one of the better three D films. Yes, yeah, so I was actually like, I was just about to bring that up. It's yeah. one of the few films that I will actually actively seek out a three D screening. Yeah. This, yeah, totally. The flying is just so cool. Yeah. It's like, you know, the sort of film where three D actually works. Yeah. Um yeah, so I'm excited. Uh yeah, I agree the trailer kind of does seem to show too much. This scope seems really big in mm-hmm. this and I know that's a typical sequel thing. But what I really liked about the first one is Although there were these big epic moments, it was mainly Hiccup and Toothless and yep. about them and their friendship yeah, and and also Hiccup and his father and, and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, the, the big battle at the end of the first one was very cleverly sort of tied into all the big themes of the film. Yeah. It wasn't just a fight. It was, yeah, you're right, about the relationship between him and his dad, but also about the sort of gang of friends and their uh, relationship with Hiccup and the other dragons. It was really cleverly tied together. Yep. And I agree. I hope they can do something similar and not just throw a huge fight in at the end just yeah. to sort of one-up the first film. Yeah. That's sort of my biggest concern is that uh, it won't connect in the same mm. way because, you know, we know it's going to look good. Mm. And uh, But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure that the, the story will be there. Hopefully it will. I mean, it, it doesn't look bad by any means, but we'll see. I guess the whole mother thing is, is their attempt to sort of have more of that sort of family drama. Mother issues this time instead of father issues. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I'm also excited just thinking about the production and everything uh, to hear the score for this one because I love, love, love the score for the first film. Yeah, it was great actually. Um, Yeah, I bought it like straight after seeing the film and still listen to it quite a bit. It's real classic like Hollywood adventure sweeping sort of score. So uh, yeah, overall I guess we're both pretty positive on this yeah. and uh, yeah really excited to see it yep totally um, yeah, it's high on my list of things to see when it comes out yeah yep same
All right, guys, here we are in the studio again, and we've both just seen How to Train Your Dragon 2. We have. Matt, what are your overall impressions and um, thoughts and, and feelings? <laughs> My thoughts and feelings. I'm really, really impressed with this, John. Um, much more so than I expected to be, actually. Um, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, to me, it's kind of almost the perfect sequel. Mm. It expands the world in just the right ways. It was darker, but not just for the sake of being dark. Um, I don't know. It just it just worked on so many levels for me. Um, what did you think? Do you agree with that? Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, I was really, really impressed by this movie. I think, yeah, the exact same reasons you say, like, the the scope, like, really opened up. And we were talking about, uh, when we were talking about the trailer, like, how it looked like it might be too much. And I know I was worried about seeing these big battle scenes in the trailer. Like, oh, what they're just throwing this shit into, like... Just action a sequel, for the sake yeah. Of action, yeah. Yeah, it has to be bigger and better. But they were really smart and careful about how they did it. And it wasn't just bigger and better, even though it was. It was like they had thought about how this world could expand and how other like colonies, I guess, would live around. Yeah. And now that they have access to like flying dragons, what they're going to go off and explore and what are they going to find? Definitely. I think the bat is particularly the big sort of set-piece battle that happens two-thirds of the way through is very thematically relevant to the film because it's mm. kind of all about leadership and and stepping up and taking charge of a situation and, and the battles didn't seem like they were there just for the sake of an action scene at all. Yeah. It felt like they were building character and developing the themes of the film. Yeah. Which was a really great surprise. Yeah. I felt overall, that's how I felt every sort of scene that yeah. there was never a moment where I was kind of bored or thought that they didn't really need this aside from some of the um, comic elements like Interesting. a few of those little things this movie's kind of almost elevated to the point where you have to I nitpick. wish there wasn't that much comic relief. Like, yeah, right. Okay, interesting. Like, I don't, I don't mind it for the main characters necessarily but a lot of those side characters like Hiccup's friends uh felt out of place to me. Like, they, they were the only part of the movie that felt out of place. Like, the whole kind of mini storyline about that, the blonde girl, like, falling in Lusting love. over the... Yeah. See, I really liked that. Well, I did... I laughed the first time. I guess it was kind of repeated a few times. The same yeah. kind of gag of her, like... Looking at his arms his and stuff. biceps, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it wasn't terrible, but every time it came up, I just felt like we were stepping into something slightly different like a different tone and a different That's movie. true to an extent, but I, I really loved the fact that it was sort of exploring themes that are a little bit older and a bit more mature. Yeah, that's like true. It's, it's nothing it too over the top, but it's kind of like... Yeah. For, I think it's going for an audience audience of, like, young teens, you yeah. know, 11, 12, 13, just when you're sort of, like, starting to be interested in the opposite sex and that sort of thing, I thought mm. was really relevant, and I loved that it wasn't just this sort of, like, fairy tale kind of lovey-dovey stuff it was you know a little bit more mature in a funny way yeah that's a I mean. that's a really good point i didn't think of it that way mm. uh i think just pro- i probably didn't like it also because um those characters i didn't really like them in the first film yeah, right 
And I uh, don't know, I just find... As in all the sidekicks or just the... Uh, yeah. Well, I guess there's only like Pretty much, yeah. Like the, there's the twins, there's Jonah Hill yeah. and... Uh, the fat dude. The fat, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know their names. That probably says a lot about no, how memorable yeah. I don't know why. They just bug me. Maybe that's just a personal thing. But mm-hmm. I always want to like get away from them back to the main storyline because it's so good and there's so much there. Uh, and I suppose... Uh, in the first film, anyway, you needed them to bounce off and to show, yeah. like, what the mainstream people of the town think versus Hiccup. But, um, and they weren't in the second film that much. No. So it is a nitpick, like, you know. But I think having them in there helps expand the world of the film because it does the Empire Strikes Back thing where they kind of split does. up for a little bit. It's yeah. not as big as that and they kind of stay in similar places, but you have yeah. these separate groups of characters that you know from the first film going off and doing slightly different things yeah which I loved I think that's the perfect way to yeah open things up in a sequel yeah no I totally agree I think um, I know it's probably been said a few times but I think Empire Strikes Back is like the perfect example or perfect counterpoint to this film it's, yeah. that's what it feels like it feels like yeah it's sort of works in all the same ways that Empire works it does all the same things right that that film does absolutely yeah I had many moments like just watching it that reminded me of Empire because of that Mm. and I think um, uh, the filmmakers have gone on record and said that that was their their sort of benchmark yeah Yeah, the template yeah that they were aiming for Um, so you're right yeah I agree and it sounds like I'm I'm already like having a negative (laughs) aspect I fucking love this movie yeah I like out of 10, I'd give it like a nine or something. Yeah, like, yeah. And same, it's same. pretty much as good as the first one, I think. I rated it the same as the first one, I think. I mean, I don't think mm. it's quite as concise and punchy in the like no. perfect little way the first one is, but I think it makes up for that in the way, like the, the deeper, more serious themes it gets into and the, yeah. the way it, I keep saying it, but the way it expands the world and makes yeah. it seem so much bigger yeah, and grander. I, exactly. Yep. It, it totally makes up for... Yeah, the lack of surprise, I guess, that you got with the first one. I still think this has, uh, narratively, uh, it, some surprises, which we'll probably talk about in a minute. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, the first one was such a, a shock in terms of just having a good sort of animation come out of left field. You didn't expect it to be this yeah. great. Yeah, and the world film. was so um, sort of refreshing and mm. fun to explore. And, I mean, yeah, they are doing this time around again, yeah. so... One thing, actually, at the very beginning of the film that I didn't like so much, you just reminded me, was uh, the first kind of interaction between Hiccup and the girl that I can't remember her name is. Astrid. Astrid, yes. When she sort of flies down and lands with him and he's on the cliff and they have this kind of little exchange where she's mimicking him. Uh, Ah, yeah, that didn't sit well with me. No, yeah, it it didn't ruin anything. Like, it was still kind of a cute moment, but it just felt forced. yeah. Watching that so early in the film, I was cringing a little bit, going, oh, I hope this isn't like what we're going to have to sit through for the next hour and a half. Mm. But I think, thankfully, that's that's the only time that it really felt like that for me. And it ends quite well in the tender moment, and she gives him a kiss, and they're talking about how um, he's being expected to step up as the leader of the town or whatever, which is obviously narratively very important. Mm. It was just that, the, the mocking, that sort of little interaction they have felt weird yeah. weirdly out of place or yeah. it just wasn't very funny I no think. I agree and I think uh, like in the first film they did animate him doing that shoulder shrug a bit yeah. but like they really amped it up in those mm. that early scene in the 
and it was it was annoying visually as well when he was like I don't do that. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. he was doing it. And I know that's the joke, but it was like, yeah. I don't know, it just looked, from an animation standpoint, it just yeah. looked a bit off as well. I totally agree. Um, so speaking about the sort of expansion of the world yeah. and how it's got empire tones to mm-hmm. it, um, what did you think of the whole uh, mother storyline? The mother storyline. <laughs> um, I liked it, but as we spoke about in our trailer uh, impressions a while back, um, I hate that it was spoiled by the trailer. We were 100% right yeah. on that. When yeah. we predicted that looked like it was a spoiler, it was a big mm, spoiler. It was really disappointing that they put that in there. Because that, that is played in such a fantastically creepy oh. Spooky yeah. moment, and if you did not know that that was his mother when she rocks up, that would have been borderline terrifying. Yeah, it, it was, was incredible. Like, really creepy, even knowing that that yeah. was her. Yeah, I know. So, I, yeah, I can't imagine what it would be like if you didn't know. Yeah, she has these kind of like weird, creepy body movements, sort of slinking along the ground, yeah. and the way she, she first appears out of the clouds. Yeah, like she's floating. Yeah, like, and, then and just, just disappears that creepy back down. mask. Yeah, it was. It was incredible, I thought. Mm. It was disappointing that that twist was ruined. Yeah. And then um, they get taken back to the to her little cave or whatever. Yeah, which I really loved it when they went back to the cave too. The way she kind of had her little stick with the rattles on it and mm. it, the way she controlled the, the dragons that kind of just loomed over them and yeah. they, the way they opened their mouths and held the flame in their mouths, yeah, like these torches. Amazing that visual. just surrounded them. Yeah, yeah. it was... It was really creepy and eerie and it's surprising in a kid's film yeah. to have that sort of yeah. level of spookiness. This movie is full of those moments where it just pushes things enough, you know, beyond what you'd expect in this kind of film. And yeah. just like the first film, and I really love that they're doing that. Yeah, definitely. 100% agree. I thought the mother character was a nice addition, mm-hmm. uh, but I... If I had to nitpick, I found her um, sort of motivation for leaving and not coming back never quite clicked for me. And okay. when Hiccup finally forgives her and everything, I I sort of wasn't there with him for that moment. Like Right, in the, sen- the sense that you didn't buy that she would have stayed away, that she would have come yeah, back just, to the town. Yeah, I found it weird that she never made any contact or she just let everyone think she was dead. Sort yeah, of. I guess that's that's kind of true. But I think that's also kind of necessary in that she was so, so adamant that the town... What's the what's the dad's name? Um, stoic. St- stoic. Yeah, Stoic. <laughs> um, that Stoic couldn't be, couldn't be changed. He couldn't be convinced that the dragons weren't bad. Like, it was an impossible task for, mm. for that to, anything to change at the town, but Hiccup was able to change it, which is, like, his main motivation for the entire film, thinking that he's this peacekeeper that can change everything. And when that all turns to shit at the end of the second act, he, mm. that is, like, the crisis of character that he ends mm. up with. So mm. I, I guess I can see how it's a little bit unbelievable that she wouldn't at least try to contact her son. <laughs> Just... Happy to live with the disabled dragons. Yeah. But I don't know. I think it's. I'm happy to let that happen in order for the themes to be 
stronger, if you know mm. what I mean. Yeah, totally. You're right. You're changing my mind. <laughs> Forget what I said. Um, what, what did you think about the relationship between Stoic and the mother? I really liked it. I thought um, it's amazing how, uh, especially with animated films, like you can get so much emotion and sort of character development w- across with very little dialogue or backstory. Mm-hmm. And the scene, there's a sequence where um, Stoic, Stoic? Yeah. Stoic comes in to uh, rescue Hiccup and notices uh, that the mother is there. This is when he sees her for the first time. When he right? sees her for the first After time. After thinking that she's been dead for yep. 20 years or how old yeah. Hiccup is. And he he's just like slowly walking towards her and yep. she, she's like mumbling all these excuses and everything. And he says, oh, you're as beautiful as the day you left. I teared up, man. I was, I was about I, to I say the exact same thing. Yeah, and that was I was the first point I teared yeah, up Yeah, it was well. one of the first hooks of the movie <laughs> that really got me in emotionally. Yep. And the awesome score kind of s- swells up at that point. And it was just like you understood their relationship and how much he loved her. Yep. And, he, and for that character as well, who's always kind of pissed off yeah, to not rough, have that reaction. Manly man. Yeah. yeah. To have this tender moment. Um, and you could see that there was still something there between them. And then that carries over in a few scenes later where he's like, I want you to come back to the village and, you know, we've changed and everything. Yeah, we can be a family again or whatever he says. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then she's a bit hesitant and he starts singing their sort of wedding song or whatever yeah. it is. That was another moment where I got a bit teary, yeah. misty-eyed, because it was just so <laughs> beautifully done. And... and um, it, it could have easily gone over into being a bit too much or a bit too emotionally manipulative. But yeah. I think it wa- it walks that line really nicely. Uh, mm. The whole movie does in general because there's a few moments where it's like trying to tug at the heartstrings. Yeah. And, um, for the, the short moment they were together on screen, yeah. you really felt them yeah. as a family and as a couple. And then it makes uh, Stoic's death even more shocking. Yeah, when that comes, only like fifteen minutes after. Yeah, I mean, I think I guess we should probably talk about that now. Yeah. That was probably the biggest shock of the film. Having the mm. mother twist ruined was sort of didn't matter when that happened because that yeah. totally came out of left field for me. Yeah, and it was it just so perfectly sets you up for the fall. Like it it, it positions Absolutely. them as this finally having the the family back together again. You know, mm. hiccups in this state of happiness that he's never had before. And then you're right. Like the next scene, he he loses it all again, mm. and it it was just it was played really well. Um, I think because when you first see the 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 alpha dragon turn um, toothless against Hiccup, my and straight away in my head I was like, okay, nothing's gonna happen here. Yeah, you know, there's no way Hiccup can die. Yeah, you know, exactly, obviously yeah. this is a you know empty threat. There's mm. something gonna get out of it some way. Yeah. But um, and then you see Stoic notice what's happening and and start sprinting towards him. It was about then that mm. I was just like, oh shit, because yeah. <laughs> this film had, had taken me by surprise in its thematic maturity up to that point. Mm. I sort of thought it could go mm. down that path, mm. and um, yeah, and then when he when he does get shot, it, I don't know, I just it was that was another moving part. I thought absolutely when. They're both there with the body. And the fact that um, Toothless does it. Yeah. Like that, there's that moment where, where he, Toothless kind of snaps out of his trance. mind control trance. Yeah. 
and uh, walks over to Hiccup and Hiccup screams at him and tell, mm. tells him to like, don't touch him, like get away from him. I'm getting chills <laughs> hearing you describe Yeah, it's it's incredible. It, rem- it reminded me weirdly of, um, well, not weirdly, I suppose, of Temple of Doom <laughs> when Indiana Jones has like the, the mind control thing and the little, what's his, what's the short round? The short round? And um, yeah, he's trying to snap him out of it by like, I don't know, what does he do? Slap him? Oh, Indiana Jones slaps him around, I think. Is there mm. some like violence against children that people <laughs> hate that. Yeah. Anyway, um, I loved that it was uh, Hiccup that, that killed Stoic. I thought that was mm. so powerful that... Oh, uh, Toothless, you mean. Uh, yeah, not Hiccup, sorry, yeah. Toothless. Yeah. Um, I loved that Toothless killed oh, Stoic. It meant so much more, didn't it, rather yeah. than... Because you could have had that death and it's and the bad guy is the one that, that caused it, you know, mm. physically him. But having that sort of whole dynamic really ups the stakes for like emotionally and yeah, then there's like the rest of the the movie up until the end is um hiccup wondering whether toothless can really be tamed and is really his friend and on his side well, and, so actually you know. now that you say that is one of the only other issues i had with okay. the film is that it felt to me that after the death after toothless kills stoic then they have the amazingly moving like funeral burial, scene, yeah, yeah where not the, burial, yeah, burn, <laughs> burial at sea, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cremation on yeah. a boat. Um, which actually, just on a slight tangent, was the other thing that I really loved. In that, that was I loved that moment when Same. Hiccup was sort of looking out to sea and oh, verbalizing his sort of in, internal turmoil about how he thought he was this peacekeeper that could fix everything, yeah, and he's not, and he he's dad wanted him to be this leader of the village that he's just not and he was just in this complete state of shock not knowing who or what he is or you know can be mm. i thought that was so amazing for a, a it was incredible doing yeah. air quotes kids film yeah yeah it was know. one of those moments and there's so many in this movie where it elevated above yeah. what it needed to do yeah um and i, I, I like watching it i thought Potentially, the movie was going to end there. There's a shot where uh, I think you've got um, Stoic's body on the ship. Yeah. I feel like I'm saying his name wrong all the time. Whatever. I don't know. Um, uh, and I'm not sure if it's on fire in the back. Anyway, it's in the background. Yeah. And Hiccup, it's like showing Hiccup's back looking out over the yeah, water. And it's like this exactly slow kind thinking. of um, zoom in or something on him. And it's I think a beautiful it's, lighting, and I thought the movie's gonna like fade out. Yeah, now. I thought the exact same thing because the mother's doing like an off-screen voiceover about dragons aren't bad, only do bad things because bad people make them or something, and it yeah. seems like this big cliffhanger setup. Yeah, friggin' Empire Strikes Empire, Back style. You know, they're in their poses, yeah, overlooking yeah, this yeah, exactly. Landscape and I was like, oh, just you don't. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, see, I, I, w- I don't think I I would have liked. I, I loved where it went anyway, but yeah. I don't think I would have disliked it if it ended there, other than potentially it, it could feel like, oh, they, they've thrown the darker ending, like they've just done that because they felt they had to or something. Yeah, I just, I, I s- sort of tend to react ne- negatively against films that like end like that, like the Matrix films or you know, the, the second film where, a, yeah, it's just basically a, a trailer for the third film. Yeah, fair enough. Though so having said that, I think it's better than that. Like it's the the film was so yeah. good up to that point, it wouldn't have deter- like um, ruined the mm. the film that came before. I suppose if they were going to end it there, there'd have to be some other sort of 
uh, climaxes around there as well. Like the action would have had to be up to bid and yeah, you well, know, uh, that kind of stuff. That sort of brings me back to the issue that I was going to talk about a second ago is that it does, it does. It feels like that is like both the emotional climax and the sort of battle in terms of scale climax is when that mm. that moment happens with the funeral mm. after the funeral, and then it just to me felt like a, a just a little bit rushed to get to that. Suddenly they're back into another yeah, battle. I agree with that. They felt like there needed to be just another beat, like another yeah. bit of breathing room. Yeah. I felt like. Hiccup didn't really wrestle with the fact that Toothless just murdered his father. Like, he was kind no. of straight away, he had forgiven him, was trying to break yeah. the mind control. It felt like that was such a big deal. It could have been mm. some really interesting emotional ground to cover there, yeah, him trusting him again. Um, and that, and the second action set piece is kind of... It's nowhere near as impressive or large as the first. It doesn't have a really great emotional payoff at the end of it, mm. but... And it kind of felt a little anticlimactic. And this yes. is, I'm only talking a little bit here. Like, I love this film so much. It's, yeah. uh, it's not a huge problem. Mm. But just, I think it just needed a little bit more, something else in between that funeral and the, the final battle. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I thought the same thing. And I, w- I w- yeah, needed, like, another moment to kind of dwell on what had happened, yeah. you know. And you're right. Like, one more scene of, of Hiccup and his mother, like, just dealing with shit. Yeah. Would have been really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the action is l- not particularly uh, uh, exciting in that final no. sort of confrontation. But in a way, I guess that's not the point, yeah. I suppose. No, yeah, I think the you're right. The argument would be, like, it is kind of a thematic and emotional ending yeah. rather than a, um action-based mm. ending or something. Um do you think the uh, villain is gone for good? Uh, or do you think he's coming back in the third film? That's a good question. I, I assumed he was gone for good. I hope he's gone for good. What did um, you think of him in general? Um, as a baddie. As a baddie. He, he was fine. I don't think he was really developed enough to make me care about his plight. Mm. It was just kind of a, a evil face to mm. you know, fight against. He... It, he Got the job done. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't feel like it was bad or good, mm. sort of. But in a way, I don't think the film really needed anything more than that. That was no, that's that was true. enough. What about you? Did you? Uh, yeah, the same. Yeah. I, I kind of would have liked a bit more mm. development on him, but like, the film is so good at developing all the other mm. main characters that it feels like they're up to the standard of humanising the villain a bit more. Yeah, that's true. But at the same time, the film, like, was sort of as long enough as it needed to be for this sort of thing. I don't know how much more they could have... I can't. I do kind of like that he's a little bit mysterious as well and that there's that reveal where Hiccup thinks that he can convince him to stop Mm. and sort of stands there and lectures him about how dragons are good and you don't need to treat them like this and then... He takes his fake arm off and you realise that he's not mm. just doesn't want to just control the dragons, he wants to destroy the dragons. So he's mm. controlling them in order to destroy them. Yeah. Kind of that yeah, that thing. was a nice reveal. Yes. I don't know. I I guess maybe developing his character too much could have taken away from some of the sort of menace. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, speaking speaking of the ending. Yeah. Um 
another thing that I really loved thematically was just the, the way that the, how good they are at drawing parallels between uh, Hiccup and Toothless, and it's just it's always been this sort of like perfect symmetry between them. Mm. So he you know loses the tail in the first one, and he loses the leg in the end of the first one, and this is totally about them both going through almost the same sort of character arc in a way and at at the end when it it's about um hiccup learning to stand up and lead his village mm. against the against the villain and then toothless standing up and learning to become the alpha and leading the dragons and how it's about leading um from respect and people wanting to follow you instead of forcing mm. them, mm. which is what the dragons, the dude was doing to the dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that was all just such powerful thematic material. Yeah, absolutely. I loved all of it. I didn't expect any of that to be no. in there. It was so much better than what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like we were saying uh, with the trailer, like, um, well, I, specifically I was like worried that the sort of emotional elements and the thematic stuff wouldn't be there for the mm. for this time around and like it just upped it yeah. everything so yeah. much and that's Definitely. such a good point uh, about the ending that I kind of didn't realise but they do go through a very similar yeah. sort of arc um, and I also I remember watching the trailer I was worried that uh, Toothless was going to be too cuddly and, and cute whereas he was quite vicious mm. in the first film mm. which I think at certain parts he is uh, towards the start and when he's sort of like playing with the other dragons like a puppy dog yeah. which wasn't necessarily a bad thing I don't yeah, think it was too much was okay. it was yeah, kind of nice little sort of background action happening all that the time the which good, I really liked that was really nice about it that it was just there like uh, you know here's a, a glimpse at how happy he is and how this world is now, but it wasn't, you know, too in your face or anything. Yeah, and I think it's important to sort of build him like that as well when you're going to have a twist, like having him kill Stoic. He needs yeah. to be this really lovely, gentle creature yeah, to exactly. have that have that action have impact. And then also on top of that, in, at the end when he sort of emerges from the, the ice and he's got the new, like, funky glowing... Yeah. Like fins down his back. Yeah. Like he was fucking badass. Yeah. Like he, yeah was he was vicious and yeah. really scary. Well, yeah. in a good way. Yeah. Intimidating, I suppose, is a better word. Mm. So he certainly wasn't just a, a cute little pet no. for the whole film. No, that's right. Uh, I really loved the uh, music in this movie as well. I think the score is just incredible and uh, as good as, again, if not better than the first. Yeah, I film. agree. I like liked it as well. It, the, those themes now are like burned in my brain forever. And I went out and bought the soundtrack like straight after seeing the movie, <laughs> and I haven't <laughs> stopped listening to it. It's so great. good. Um, and I love that um, where this series seems to be heading. I mean, I think a third film is definitely happening. Yeah, it is. Uh, and I'm as far as I know, they're going to stop it there. I know the current creative, uh, like Dean DeBlois and all that want to stop it there I don't know if DreamWorks is going to then force other directors on top of it but like we'll get like a Planes-esque sequel yeah possibly just, you know, the twins doing their own thing oh, no thank you <laughs> uh, but I love where you can sort of see where things are heading and that who would have guessed that this film series has the potential to be so 
uh, you know, one of the one of the best like trilogies yeah. that's been made for a long time. I mean, never would have guessed it. Like yep. it's it's far beyond anything Pixar's done for a while yeah, now. I, I agree. Think. Yep. And uh, I, yeah, I never you know go back a few years. I never would have thought that would be possible. It's really interesting to see how it's sort of um, developing. I think it's just there's something about the world that's been created in these mm. films. Like I can't think of many other films in recent years that I've just loved being part of that world and exactly. knowing those characters. Yeah. Like as soon as the film finished, I was sad that I wasn't with them anymore, and yeah. I wanted to go back and watch the film yeah. again to be part of that world. Like yeah. that's such a rare occurrence. It these is. Days. It's the Star Wars effect. Exactly. It? it is. Just like so interesting and and yeah, so fun being in that world. I'm trying to think of uh, yeah, what recently has sort of felt felt like that. I, I felt that way a little Lord bit. Of in the, yeah, definitely Lord of the Rings. Obviously, also in the one, um, Abrams' Star Trek films. Yeah. I kind of felt like that. Yep. Which they were very Star Wars esque. Yeah, exactly. I, I can't think of much else though, really. No, a lot of movies try, don't they? of fantasy stuff that mm. comes out and never takes off yeah it's just uh like I'm, I'm really psyched to see where it goes now and how they're going to um sort of wrap everything up in the third mm. film do you know weirdly another thing i really like about the film which mm. is such a weird thing is that um it features so many disabled and handicapped characters mm. and that seems a strange thing but it's just you never see that particularly no, in kids film point. to yeah. have a lead character that's an amputee. Yeah. Well, two lead characters if you include Toothless. Yeah. But then the villain without an arm mm. and the the mum, her job basically was taking care of the handicapped dragons, like the blind yeah. ones and the ones without legs. And yeah. I don't know. I just loved that it was kind of really positive about those sort of themes. Yeah. It's just rare to find them, even though they're kind of background. It's not nothing in the foreground. Yeah. I no, it's a great I, little... I think that's a great message as well mm. yeah, that's in there. Better than having uh, everyone perfect and indestructible. Yeah, exactly. Actually, that's the other thing that was fucking cool. How yeah, cool is his fucking flame sword? Yeah, so cool. And I, I loved that. Uh, like, when he first brought it out, I actually, I was a bit put off. I was like, why does he have a flame sword? Yeah. What? This? But then he kind of goes into how it's made and how yeah. it works. And it's like... There's a logic behind One of it, his, yeah. you know, cool inventions. Yeah, that was fucking cool. I really liked that. Yeah. Um... I also like that the the main characters, like the, the kids, which they aren't kids now. That I no. like that they're older. Like, he has yeah. stubble. You yeah. know, he's meant to be in his 20s. Yeah. I thought that was great. Yeah, that, that, that was great. I think it helps get away with having deeper and darker themes mm. that the characters are a little bit older. Mm. This might seem a bit out of place if it was, like, seven-year-olds dealing with these issues. Yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, overall, I think... We both obviously really loved this movie, and yeah. I'm still uh, like I've said it a few times, but I'm just surprised by how good these two films are. It's, yeah, it shocks me how how much I love this film, especially yeah. how much given how much the trailer spoiled. Like I, that could have potentially mm. ruined the film for me if that yeah. was a big plot twist. Yeah, which it was, but you know the the film was yeah. so good the film's that so it good overcame that. It rose that. Above that. Yep. Yeah, and I don't think whoever was cutting the trailer like knew that. I no. think that was just another run-of-the-mill, spoilerific trailer, yep. and we were just lucky this time that the movie is so good that it could rise above. Yeah, I agree. The shit that was already spoiled. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the expansion of the world, this kind of emotional depth—it's yep. just uh, s- 
so awesome and I can't wait to see I know this what is what next. like animated films should or can be like you know we don't have to put up with shit like planes and yeah that, that's Rio a really too. good point and it's something else we could have a whole discussion about yeah. is like a, the American animation industry in particular the, the Hollywood studios and the stuff they're churning out uh, like there should be more stuff like this. Like yep. these films are kind of proving that there is an audience there. Yeah. Although I think um, How to Train Your Dragon 2 isn't performing quite as well as the first, which is a bit disappointing. But hopefully it still gets that positive word of mouth yeah, buzz and has will. sort of a longer lifespan that way. Um, but yeah, they sh- there should be more of this. And I, I hope uh, Pixar are taking note, to be honest. Like, they need to lift they, their game. Yeah, they haven't made anything like this for a little while and almost nothing that's aimed at a slightly older I would argue probably The Incredibles is the closest thing to this yeah. I would say which is really smart action yeah which is one of my oh they've favorite. made some very smart and uh, like Ratatouille is yeah not really a kids film at all no. like the, the stuff the themes in that are super mature but yeah, yeah they're, they're always trying to, to sort of have this huge broad audience and mo- when when that works it's amazing but I can see their their sort of scope is getting smaller and smaller and with all these sequels that they're doing now mm. and just slightly worried about where they're heading and uh, I'm excited that DreamWorks has sort of taken up this mantle. Although, mind you, none of their other films are that good. Like The Croods. Yeah, like The Croods, <laughs> which we talked about before. And uh, So, you know, having said that, maybe it's just the, this specific creative team that are working on the Dragon films and the this yeah. writer and director. Yeah. Uh, and if he went to another studio, maybe he'd be making great stuff there. So mm. anyway, whether it's the studio or whatever, like it's just refreshing to see stuff like this being made. Yeah, it is. It's great to see that there are still great big budget, you know, Hollywood films that can be made. Yeah. Where would you rate this on the, in terms of the films, your favorite films so far this year? Uh, that's a good question. It'd be up there for me. Yeah, it is. Like, oh, I really want to see it again in the cinema. And uh, it, Of all, like, the sort of summer films uh, that have come out, this would probably be at the top for me. Yeah, it is for me. And we talk, We sort of sung the praises of Edge of Edge Tomorrow, Tomorrow. last episode. That, yeah, yeah, it is. They're the two high mm. points of the big blockbuster season for yeah. me. Yeah, which is cool that we got two films that are really good. Yeah. Original, well, I mean, I guess this is a sequel, but, you know. Yeah, but that's, that's the thing. they based on a big Yeah, it feels franchise. so original. Yep. Even though it's playing with all these familiar tropes and it's a sequel. And, yep. Um, yeah. It's going to be tough to beat it. Apes, maybe. We've got mm. high hopes for apes. Yeah, I do have high hopes. But, um, yeah. We'll have to see. We will see. Thanks for listening to the pre-post film review. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on How to Train Your Dragon 2. What did you guys think? Uh, you can email us at prepostfilmreview at gmail.com. That's prepostfilmreview at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Give us a like there, please. Uh, and also subscribe to us on iTunes. That would be uh, awesome. Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>